The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and with me tonight are uh, Sue Timberlake. Hey there. And Stefan Ward-Wheaton. YOLO. <coughs> with the inimitable genre running the board. Oi. Oi. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to talk about politics here on Civil Politics, but before we do that, we'd just like to say we'd love to hear from you, and you can indeed contact us in a few different ways. First, on Twitter, it's at CivilPoliticsFM. Uh, on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. That's our community. And we have an email, which is quite simply civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. We also have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com, that has links to previous episodes of the show, uh, this one eventually, if you're listening to it in the future, and also links to articles that we talk about, things we've references, occasionally things we write that aren't totally stupid. <laughs> All right, I'm overpromising. I, I, I'm overpromising. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> sorry. So, uh, I'm going to start off, start us off tonight uh, with something that, in some ways, is like just beneath the dignity of this show to discuss. Yes, <laughs> but we're gonna. <laughs> I. Y- y- when did we ever have dignity? <laughs> my, my good man, I have enormous amounts of dignity. I've left it in my other suit right now, but I swear I have it. It's not the dry cleaners. <laughs> so could you pick up the check tonight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that kind of dignity. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, it's, it's what we're all talking about right now here in the moment, but if you're listening to the show years from now, uh, let's uh, a quick rundown. So... Uh, yesterday morning, uh, President Donald Trump decided to he, he put out a couple of tweets that basically uh, said nasty stuff about uh, Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski, who are the hosts of a show on MSNBC called one Morning Joe. One who's a Joe. Democrat and one who's a Republican. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, and also, I think they're involved, right? Yes, they're yeah. engaged. They're engaged. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They've they've officially announced an I engagement. Knew they were, it was yeah, they official. were they were married to other people. They've separated. They got divorced, and now they're 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 becoming a couple. And, yeah. You know, um, which is <clears throat> actually neither here nor there. But the point is, is one of the uh, part of his uh, denunciation of them because he's long been annoyed with the kind of press coverage they've given him, the way they've talked about him and his policies on their show. Uh, he said, you know, they were trying to suck up to me over New Year's Eve. And I said, no, I mean, God, Mika Brzezinski was bleeding from her face because of bad plastic surgery or something. like that. I don't remember exactly what he said. We can, we can we can link to the specifics if you have the stomach to read them. And they have low IQ and they're a stupid show or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which he never watches. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, a number of people were, uh, well, said things like uh, Senator Ben Sass, a Republican from where? Is it Oklahoma? Nebraska. 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 Thank you. It was, Up and coming may be the next presidential candidate, yeah. by the well, way. I, I wasn't too far off anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so Ben Sass was like, this is beneath the dignity of the office. 
and Senator Lindsey Graham from, we, I think, South Carolina. One of the Carolinas. South Carolina. South yes. Carolina. Uh, said similar things and uh, described Donald Trump as, uh, you know, what he's doing is sort of emblematic or a symptom of the, our, of the problems with our political discourse. Um, and our late night, you know, late night talk show uh, host and, and current liberal icon Stephen Colbert. Which I didn't hear this. This is yeah. interesting what you were saying before the show. Yeah, yeah. He, he denounced that idea and he said, no, what the thing about Donald Trump is he's not a symptom of what's wrong with this country. He is what's wrong with this country. He is himself the disease. And I, I think it's I, I think it's fair to say that like this country definitely has problems beyond what Donald Trump is and what he does and whatnot. But because he's president, he creates problems in his own right. And this kind of behavior um, is is a problem in its own right, quite aside from all the other issues we may have with his presidency and the possibility that he's, you know, his campaign colluded with the Russians. And oh, and there's new revelations about that, too. So. Well, I'm going to go back a little bit. And um, go ahead. people have tormented presidents forever. When I suppose I, that's true. When I was young, there was an album out that made fun of Jackie and Jack Kennedy. Oh, John F. Kennedy. Mm. Oh, I was going to say. I thought you were going to say like there was the whole <laughs> thing about like those broadsides attacking Thomas Jefferson for <laughs> maybe having an affair with you know his slaves, which was true. I thought that was when you were a kid. Oh no, no. <sighs> Just a little, well, yeah, yes, but I'm going like later in my <laughs> life. <laughs> but it, people were horrified. The comedy stylings yeah. of Mike Dow. <laughs> people were. It was horrifying because it was yeah. somebody imitating JFK, and you know they were very. It was a very funny album. It sold. Oh wait, I, I I heard this. I can't remember the guy's name. Yeah. But like my, my parents when I was growing up used to say, "We must keep American dollars out of Cuba," and I guess that's the thing the guy on the album said. Yeah, you know, you know it's the, funny. the first family. Oh, Is that the name of it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. And like the guy had like this, in, the guy was enormously prominent in American sort of pop culture for a while. And then once Kennedy was murdered. Like, oh, the album. I don't think you can even, well, you, yeah. you found it My, online. But, yeah. but so people were sort of horrified, but they do that to presidents. They've tormented Obama. They said horrible things about the Clintons. They said horrible things about President Thomas Jefferson and John Adams. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Mika yeah. and um, Joe. Joe, Mika and Joe, uh, MSNBC had said that he was mentally ill the previous day. Ah. And so he was seem... responding to it, but they're... Well, he's definitely just, dis- <laughs> dis- you know, shot down any possible discussion of him as maybe being mentally ill. Well, no, their next tweet said, we rest our case. No, that's not true. That's actually not true. But so this it is... could have. <laughs> this is what Americans do. We are, we are wicked to our leadership. We just are. We just torment them. We mock them. We put out, you know, fake movies. We... Pretend they're Shakespeare and, and stab them with knives. And wow, there was a lot of that about President Obama. Oh, it, everybody gets it. Yeah. Sue, so were you referring to the um, the uh, New York Post uh, thing that that they wrote? When no, I thought they said it Washington on the air. Washington Post, but yeah, yeah, Washington Post. Sorry. Yeah, was, that was it an editorial? The, the, uh, that was an opinion piece, but that was. Uh, this morning, that was in response to him. Was there something that happened I thought, before? Yeah, beforehand, because he was actually responding to, to them, some, set, calling him mentally ill on the show. Yeah, or yeah. saying uh, that, yeah. Which, of course, he wasn't See, I watching. missed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so then he goes back with, they. he threatened them with a National Enquirer story, which they refused to kowtow. To, yeah. You know, there's been back mm. and forth, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of like, well, I shouldn't say Israel and Palestine because I have a side <laughs> in that one, but... Right. Um, it's like any Hatfields any, and McCoys. That's a good one. There you. Well, but I think Trump's more guilty than they are. Well, sure, but, but but Trump is Trump is acting 
like he's like it's Hatfield and McCoy's. Yeah, I, I, somebody because of the whole thing about um, uh, you know him uh, threatening uh, uh, them with bad press in the National Enquirer. Yeah. You know, a super respected journalist journalistic <laughs> endeavor in its own right. But you know, saying like there will be bad press about you there if you don't behave yourself, if you yeah. don't. Um, you know, stop saying bad stuff and apologize. Yeah. And they said, yeah, whatever, bring it. Um, <laughs> but it's it's that kind of uh, that like, kind why of why is he even engaging with that? Well, that kind of pettiness, <laughs> that kind of tit for tat approach. Yeah. You know, it fits totally me. into a family feud. But <sighs> we do expect a bit more of our elected public officials. <laughs> yeah. And they are they are fair game. They just are fair game because this is American. We can say anything we want. And that's and which that's is rough. <laughs> so. I, I'm not really comparing it to McCarthyism, but what you said about Stephen Colbert, where he, he said that he is the problem, it's sort of like McCarthyism. The times were ripe for it, but McCarthy was a really evil, uh, yeah. nasty guy. And so the times sort of allowed him to especially when he was fester. In, especially when he was half in the bag, and when was he not? Yeah. So... I, I get it that, you know, it's not, it's like that theory about whether there's great men or great times, or the times make the man. Both. Yeah, neither, in this neither, case, yeah. I, I, I agree with you that this is just, it's really hard to watch as a Republican, and thank goodness some of our guys on my yeah. side mm-hmm. are saying, you know, this is just not acceptable yeah, behavior. Yeah, I, I, I agree, you know. Uh, Two years to impeachment, you know, that's <coughs> my, my <laughs> prediction, so. Well, and, and so going beyond like, oh, this is embarrassing and, and whatnot, part of the, and the reason why I wanted to mention this is because I think this is actually like more than just like uh, the latest scandal du jour and latest reason to put your face in your palm and cry um, is one of the primary jobs of the presidency, arguably uh, the most important role the president has that is distinct and unique because, you know, the president's got some role in lawmaking and, you know, administering various state offices and whatnot. But, you know, one thing the president really has control of with very little uh, input from Congress or the Supreme Court is our foreign policy is how we interact with the rest of the world. And so a big part of that is our diplomacy. And, you know, Barack Obama, and uh, as, a, as, a, as a good lefty, I have to say, there are, t- there are issues I have with Barack Obama's presidency. Stefan, I know you, I can see you champing <laughs> a bit to, explain, to talk about that. And, but, and, and please Go do. on. Please, please do. <laughs> but nobody, I think, you know, could fairly cr- criticize Barack Obama as impulsive, undignified, uh, you know... Uh, 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 no drama Obama. No drama Obama. <laughs> and as anything less than, you know, polite and courteous, you know, like, he was a person who took that, 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 that idea, like, he's the voice of America, you know, in a very real sense, because of the power we've invested in the office. He took that very seriously. And he handled that part certainly very well. Uh, yeah, Stefan, do you want to say something about Obama's pres- uh, uh, foreign policy <laughs> well, decisions well, and, and comparison with Trump? I could get into it. I don't... I don't want to belabor the discussion by, you know, opening up a referendum on President Obama versus President Trump just because, you know, we, we might spin off out of control and end up somewhere minutes. else in the but, universe. Uh, drone strikes! But, <coughs> drone but, strikes! Yeah, well, yes, I mean, in part. I, so we're, I, I, think, I think the big issue we're talk, we're, we have at hand is, I think the, the Stephen Colbert, as, as you described, um, kind of summed up is... Is this an American problem, or is does America have a Trump problem? It seems to me. Um, to be honest, I'm having trouble with that. And 
I think we're I bulk, I, th- I think it's a little too easy to blame Donald Trump. And okay. I think he I th- I think um because of his personal vulgar nature mm. and his atavism and his inability to display self-control it's very easy to tag him with all of the you know the poisons of the republic yes um because he's such a per- i mean he's he, he you know he it He's like he's like uh, any any Miyazaki fans will know this reference, but he's like the 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 diseased river monster from Spirited Away, who is just yeah radiates yeah, yeah. scum and filth. I have to read but this. Where, is, where can this, I read this? Is about a film, it's Spirited a, it's Away. It's a cartoon. It's, it's a it's a but but it's that a lovely film. It, it is. It's a lovely yeah. film. But it what in fact that alludes to is is the environmental pollution of the water system yeah and that this is a this is a spirit that had been integral and whole and was corrupted i don't i i, I certainly wouldn't uh tag donald trump as being a pure spirit who got corrupted i think he he uh, got started looking for the corruption and he found it but um i th- my concern about turning sort of about revolving our national politics around the kind of the circus act that he has going is because, first of all, it distracts us from somebody like Mitch McConnell, not to get too partisan, yeah. Sue, but who is very ably and quietly pushing right a now. right-wing <laughs> agenda that I think a lot of left-of-center people need to be paying more attention to. I, and I, Some of our listeners have said we need to talk yeah. about what's going on behind the, and, the, and, behind the curtain and, while this all happens. And, and we will, though I just, I just want to say, like, like, it's not just that he has a right-wing agenda. I mean... Sue, you're a right-winger. You have a right-wing agenda. Mm-hmm. But, like, part of your right-wing agenda is not like, you know what, 22 million people, they don't need health insurance. They can die, whatever. You know, that's that's not part of the agenda necessarily of and the, the good, right-wing. The good news <laughs> is the health bill's got eight or nine people now that aren't going to go along with mm-hmm. it. So yeah. they're, they're putting it out two weeks. They're going to send it back to the CBO, right? Yeah, yeah. To right. judge it again because they've changed it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming it's going to go down in flames. But that's... That's actually interesting because I think may- maybe this is actually getting back to something that Trump is doing for the Republican Party oh, for good or ill. He's creating cover. Act- <laughs> he's creating, yeah, he's, and he's creating sort of a, I don't know if it's a moderate block, but at least a, a, a dissenting block within uh, certainly Senate Republicans. Ben Sass from yep. Nebraska, Lisa Murkowski from Alaska, Susan Collins, who is always more moderate yep. but is now Heller. in this wing. Yep, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, it's actually starting to fracture the 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 lockstep, you know, uh, re- uh, Republican discipline that we had gotten. Accustomed and isn't to. that who he ran against? Right, that lockstep yeah. discipline. No, the Republican Party. Trump ran yeah. against the Republican Party. He did in a lot of ways. <laughs> For all that he was part of it, you yeah. know, he was saying like, "Meh," you know. Yeah. There's a there's a quote, and while I'm throwing out pop culture references left and right, there's a quote from <laughs> a movie called Down Down by Law, which uh, I, I I love very much. And what's is, that uh, whippersnapper? I don't think I know that it's one. It's a Jim Jarmusch film, independent film from the '80s, and it's set in New Orleans. And there's one character. I think uh, I think she actually plays a prostitute, but she's a, she's a very cool character. And she says, "My mom used to say that America is like a big melting pot because when you bring it to a boil, all the scum rises to the top." <laughs> wow! So that 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 has been on my mind as I've been watching these events go <laughs> That's down. That's a good one. And I want to fully agree that this is ridiculous behavior. You can't a sitting president really 
can't have can't, feuds can't, with Pete. Yeah, you can't. It's <laughs> it, family feud is 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 just not the way to be going here, and it's absurd. And you know, um, but I'm reminded. I, oh, sorry. I'm just. I'm reminded yeah. back in the '80s when I was a kid, hearing people talk about Geraldine Ferraro, who was you know <laughs> nominated to be vice president, and you know, like I don't. Nobody said this openly, like to her face in a debate. But I remember, you know, hearing people say, like, "Do we want a woman in charge?" Because you know, like, they have like these mood swings with their menstrual cycles, and <laughs> oh my god, you know, do we want to want like a woman with her like lack of impulse and emotional, you know, un- instability in charge of the presidency? And uh, and Trump goes crazy once a month. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh god, on- it does <laughs> only once a month. Well, you know, like the big Special swing, crazy, yeah. yeah, the big swing. Oh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, you are listening to Civil Politics. As it turns out, men men have mood swings too, but we won't oh, go into that. Yeah. But interesting. Na- na- menopause. I menopause. I definitely have mood swings. You know. Uh, don't we all? <laughs> Especially these days. So it's a very interesting thing because do, do you blame the, the man or mm. do you blame the Times? And what we're saying yeah. is that the Times sort of permitted him to flourish, and now we're all horrified at, <laughs> at well, what we've got. Yeah, yeah and Stefan, I'm sorry. I cut you off because I was just <laughs> – I, I wanted to <laughs> – That's a very good – yes, yeah. it's, it's important. But the boiling and the scum comes to the top. That's, that's an awesome. Oh, oh, and the bottom gets burnt is actually the uh, – <laughs> oh! that's, that's the corollary. Uh, what's that movie again? Well, down it, by Law. It's Down Jim by Jarmusch. Law. I think it's taken from a, cro- a quote from a book um, by Joseph R. Barnd called Dismantling Racism. Oh. Um, although, actually, that may be more recent. But it, I think it's sort of a folk quote that mm-hmm. goes back in the African-American community, yeah. um, as far as I know. But I, I, I enjoy it because, <laughs> you know, and it also, I think, punctures a little bit of this high-mindedness that we have about ourselves, that we're a melting pot that sort of seamlessly integrates different peoples and cultures. God, no. And Obviously, foment. it's not true. <laughs> and I, I kind of, at moments like this, when we're sort of, you know, where we're looking on to this grotesque political theater, I just kind of feel like I need to divert our attention, at least for a moment, back to like, you know, the the scum seeping out behind the pipes. Yeah, I mean, there's, and I don't think it go. I I think my sense is that at some point Trump is probably going to get dispatched, whether electorally or maybe <laughs> through uh, other means, impeachment or what, or maybe even just will get ousted by his own party. Or he won't think it's fun anymore, and he'll take all his money and go home because they start to maybe. clamp down <laughs> on yeah, his back businesses. back to Mar-a-Lago with you, Don. Yeah. Or, um, you know, or, or those steak dinners will catch up with him. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, oh, right, yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, after all, like, like I... I if you see the the guy who he who he was claiming was his physician, like this guy saying like he's the healthiest he's president the- <laughs> ever, like yeah, hadn't even met him. That was ridiculous. No. He's oh, really? Son, yeah, he's the son of the actual guy, the actual MD who passed away. <laughs> he's the son. Oh my god! Yeah, hadn't actually hadn't actually given him a physical. That's fantastic. That was the the <laughs> most beautifully farcical that, thing. That, this that, is going to be a movie. <laughs> and and people won't believe this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe this, and it's actually happening to me. Yeah. It's like, remember these times? These are the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, they're the worst of times. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's a great <sighs> quote though. And burns the bottom. The bottom. Yeah, gets the bottom gets burnt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so I, I'm I worried that at that point when we're 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 rid of Trump, there's going to be a kind of sigh of relief. But for me, that's when the work begins. Because, yeah, because what yeah. are people? He, what position are people in? And what's yeah? Yeah, it's it's it, it. He just makes it harder to to focus on real issues and actually create any sort of. Um, you know, uh, aligning, uniting yeah. uh, 
idea or ideology in the public because yep. he is so so yeah. so that reminds you said you, idea oh, so you have that New England rule where idea. you he's yeah. keeping American dollars out of Cuba yeah. yeah you take the R off if there's one this yeah. is New this is Boston it's right the, yes if there's an R you take it off and if it has no R you add one like idea yeah it's perfect right. that it's, was perfect it's stuff my, I'm slowly uh, my <laughs> I'm slowly integrating that Boston Irish identity <laughs> my negli- my negligible uh, Celtic heritage how are you doing <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, there's an article in the most recent issue of The Atlantic that <clears throat> I'm sort of spinning off of what Stefan was just saying that's basically looking at uh, there's a recent environmental uh, uh, economics study. Um, the, these economists have been trying to devise new and different methods of um, sort of more accurately modeling or, or, or predicting what's going to happen with, um, you know, the economic consequences of climate change. Uh, at a more local and regional regional level, as opposed to just like the nation states of the world or whatever, because you know the United States is a big place. Yeah, UMass did that for this area. It's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, and so, scary. Nor- uh, we're going to have North Carolina's weather in like twenty years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't particularly want. I I, I like New England's weather. Ah, those copperheads are going to be hard to deal with. But. Uh, I'm, I just don't like the idea of mosquitoes all year already. round. You oh, thought yeah. you thought rattlesnakes were bad enough. <laughs> yeah. Actually, both of those are supposed to. What about the carpetbaggers and scalawags? <laughs> so um, they're already here. I'm afraid uh, that's true. They came from here. So, um, but the, uh, the 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 upshot of it was that there between over the rest of the century there might be uh, the overall effects of climate change in places like New England might ultimately be like like a wash or maybe even possibly like a very slight net positive. Who knows? But they're pretty definitely going to be really drastically bad for the American South. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like all the states, of course, that tend to vote Republican. Say for goodbye people like Donald to Florida. Trump. Right. Say goodbye to Florida. Say Is go- it about 10 feet above sea level or something well, like that? Well, say, say goodbye state. to a lot of the Deep South. And they just yeah. talked about, like, problems with people dying because it gets hotter and that causes more heart attacks and, you know, cutting down crop yields and oh, yeah, all kinds shortages. of, right. Yeah. And all kinds of problems. I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting article, well worth reading. And it links to, uh, They're sort of the larger magazine too. I yeah. find them very interesting on a lot of topics. But, so. but, you know, so this is one of the things that we need to talk about. And it's certainly one of the things that like these Republican representatives from our more southerly states who are, you know, there to represent their interests need to at least think about, you know, they need to start talking about what are we going to do about this? And unfortunately, the Republican Party is the is the party of of denying climate change. Not all. No, 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 no. no. But there aren't. For example, very... the governor of Florida, the governor of New Jersey, so on. Baltimore's mayor. So no, on. the governor of Florida. No, no, no. What's his name? Charlie Crist. Governor of Florida. No, Charlie Rick Scott. Crist is, uh, yeah, Rick Scott. Scott Rick does, Scott doesn't allow people to say climate. Um, yeah. Global warming. Oh, warning. Yeah, he was preventing warning. his uh, his uh, state agencies from t- using the phrase and talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the the agency in, involved with you know environmental stuff had to do gymnastics to actually describe what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the the Florida Disaster Preparedness Organization, whatever it's called, <laughs> I don't remember. Like, you know, the Florida state level equivalent of FEMA. The Florida says there's no problem. Don't look under this. Don't look at this report. Yeah. Right. <laughs> for, and for eyes only or whatever. And wh- yeah. I, you know, so where is this kind of? So go? maybe it's South Carolina. But there, there's there's a couple of oh, Republican yeah, no, 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 no. governors and, who and are pretty good on it. And you know, it's not like there's no Democrats ever who have like dumb ideas about things, including climate change. Yeah. But but for the most part, the party know, line is the the party line is the science is settled. Climate change is a problem, 
And it's that's unfortunately. Oh, I'm not sorry. I was saying the Republican Party line is don't talk about this. Well, that's the Republican yeah, Party line. Yeah, but the, the Democratic Party folks. line is this: the science is settled. It's huge, you know. Yeah, and I mean, issue. this is I know one of your areas of interest and uh, uh, to some extent expertise, you know. And it's something you you certainly think about. And I think about it a lot. That's true. Yeah, because you also you also host another show here on Valley Free Radio called Farm to Fork, and so you're interested in and you spend a lot of time talking to We're people. We're changing the name to Farm to No Food Left. And <laughs> no, no, actually, <laughs> the Valley will will do really well. But I saw a piece. But, actually, but, I just. Oh, well, I was just going to say. So, like, one of the things you must talk about with people over the years has been like ways they're planning. We for ask every, every farmer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. sorry, go ahead, please share your. Knowledge. So, yeah. so it was a piece that I saw, and God knows whether it was on public television or C-SPAN or something. But they were showing how in Europe that they've developed the land so much that the mm-hmm. the wheat basket, if if climate shifts it upwards. Uh-huh. All that land's been developed and paved, and that there's no mm. place to go. Yeah. In the United States, our breadbasket can shift upward, and we're totally fine. That in fact, the USA has a lot of capacity just in open space and land. So even if it shifts upward, we'll probably only get more food production if we follow. Well, we'll have to annex Canada at some point, won't we? Well, we'll just do that. Yeah, it's not a problem. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, Canada's the real it'll cross the border. Area. Yeah, but yeah. you know, the the places where there wasn't, you know, the weather wasn't right and all that. It actually our our grain belt has a much has lots of room to to move around. We're actually we're actually fine. So of course the rest. In of the that world. narrow sense, anyways. Yes, yes, right. Food <laughs> production. Well, that except for the production. water in California. Right. Which, well, I mean the, um, uh, uh, you know, one of the issues, that, like like one of the things that drives the economy of the state of Maine, for example, is uh, you know lobster fishing. And as the oceans warm, I think the lobsters are moving north towards Canada. So, I mean, yeah. at some point, mm-hmm. like if you can't pull lobsters out of Penobscot Bay, what are those fishermen going to do? You know. And also, like I don't know but like i don't know what lobster shells are made of but certainly like clams and other shellfish you know like what are they going to do once the oceans acidify enough to like dissolve their shells the clams have their little foot out and they're trying to get north as quick as they can and so are the starfish and everybody i mean there's a lot of stuff that's happening but but that won't save them if the if all the ocean water is acidic and that dissolves the calcium carbonate of their shells pco2 is very high yep so. PCO2? Yeah, it's sort of the pressure. It's the combination of H2CO2. It turns into a bicarbonate buffer. I'm sorry. I okay. went into chemistry. It's the chemistry of it. Oh, yeah. oh P- <laughs> she, she, she's <laughs> dropping mad science. No, on I us. went from oh, clinical. P, P is in phosphorus. No, P is in uh, the, having to do with the pressure and wh- where the we are where the pH balance is. It's actually uh. in a blood, in terms of your blood. CO2 that they talk about PCO2 Oh, it's, pressure of carbon dioxide. Yeah, it's okay. a it's a funky term. Sorry, it just popped out. It must come from a brain cell I didn't even know I had. <laughs> no, no, so. I, I, I But that's why I was asking <laughs> because I'm like, are you telling me something I don't know? Please tell me more. Please. Yeah, look up PCO2. But so all, you know, all the great barrier reefs, everything's bleaching out. The, yeah. the pH in the ocean has this huge buffer capacity which we have maxed out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember reading uh, estimates back at 30 years ago when I was a teenager back in the 80s, and they were saying, like, well, we don't know how much the ocean can absorb, but it's like, like the idea is, like, well, that's one of the great reserves for storing yeah. heat, and hopefully it'll be okay for a while. And buffers go <laughs> forever. They keep this whole range. They just keep it the same yeah. until they can't. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you see the buffering capacity, then it, it flips pretty quick. So, And that's, yeah. you know, all those tripping points are what people are talking about. So Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be taking a break in a moment, but... Um, Do we have whiskey? Oh, right, no drinking on the... No drinking yeah, no. in the station, <laughs> especially on here. <laughs>
We only got half the show left. No problem. <laughs> we'll go local. So, but if, do, you, do you want to talk about? Uh, 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 does that remind you of anything you want to say about uh, the health care bill that uh, the Senate is stalling over? Yeah. So what I heard is that they um, have changed it radically, right? In secret, mm. they're going to give it back to the CBO, who's going to price it over the July Fourth weekend. What a nice leave for them, right? That's what they uh-huh. gave them on their way out the door Friday night. Yeah. So CBO is going to be costing it out over the next four or five days. And next week, they're going to try and pull it back on, have a few more amendments, and hopefully vote within two weeks. Those, like Mitch McConnell and the others, they they do know that, like, you know, they can't keep the secret forever. I mean, at some <laughs> point, like, in order for a law to actually be a law, they have to, like, tell people what it is Put so it they in can the obey federal it or register. Not. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, it's like, we can't enforce the law if you literally don't know it exists. Well, the, <laughs> the reason I said Ben Sass is up and coming and may be the presidential nominee in four years, three years, four years, three and a half years. You, you, um, you think the, <laughs> the Republicans will turf out their own sitting president and vice president? Um, I do. And Ben Sass did a very interesting thing, which you guys probably saw, and that he said, just repeal it. Just repeal it. Repeal you, Obamacare. Yep. Put and then a, what? Put a one-year delay on it so it doesn't actually repeal until next year, and that gives us the year, and you can't go home in August. We're going to work on it, and we're going to invite the Democrats to work on it with us for the replacement. Mm. And Trump went, oh, this is a great idea. And everybody's like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it. It it's, creates a ticking time bomb, and, yeah, and, and yeah. you know, if you're the Democratic Party, it's like, we came up with, this, with, with a way to fix America's health care. So you want to blow it up, it's on yeah. you. Well, and Trump went right for it, which is actually, that's the elegant strategy, is that he's now got Trump out there saying, yeah, we should just repeal it, yeah. which will be the ticking time bomb. That, yeah, yeah. yeah. That does. Anyway. Anyway, we should take a short break uh, and uh, play some PSAs and station IDs and other announcements to satisfy the FCC. <laughs> yes, and 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 cry into our our whatever for a minute while we think about all this stuff. And we'll be back with more civil politics uh, here on Valley Free Radio uh, in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique. Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. And that's fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong Everything with being in the proper place. The common clay salt of the earth. Have you always loved to read but find it hard to do these days? Forbes Library offers a variety of alternatives to keep you reading long into the night. A large selection of large print books, audiobooks, and easy-to-use e-books and e-audiobooks are available to borrow. You will find bestsellers, classics, and nonfiction offerings. Forbes Library is now affiliated with the National Library Service to provide audiobooks, magazines, and even the daily news for people with vision loss, difficulty holding traditional book or newspaper formats, and for people with certain learning disabilities. Our staff is happy to help you find just the book in just the right format. Call 413 487-1013 to find out more. Sundays at 10 a.m., WXOJ's radio show, Occupy the Airwaves, has the latest news from the occupation movement, locally, regionally, nationally, and around the planet. Tune in at 103.3 FM or webcasting at www.valleyfreeradio.org. Blogging at occupytheairwaves.wordpress.com. Listeners can call into the show at 413-585-1033. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires and I save lives. 
My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, and we're going to switch gears to talk about something local, actually. So, Sue, uh, um, you brought the, you, you said we should definitely talk about this. So, actually, um, Stefan raised it. I had been looking at it too, but Stefan's the one who knew. Oh, <laughs> I thought, I, I read this and I was like, this is, mm. this is classic Sue bait. So, <laughs> so we need to talk it about worked, it. It worked, it worked. Yes. So, anyway, front page of the Gazette today Forbes and City reach a historic agreement. So, that's, that's Forbes Library. That's the Forbes Library in and the city of Northampton. So, what's the, what's the, what was the fight about? Because there was a court case or something yeah. like that. So, what was the fight about and what's the resolution that's been reached here? So, a gazillion years ago, and actually, Stefan may do a better job on this than I will, but a zillion years ago, there was a will created by a guy named Forbes and he created the Forbes Library and he, I think he I don't think he gave the building to the city but there's some arrangement where it's a city um, service well sort I, of. I have this here if you want oh, me to perfect. this, this yes. is from the story released today in the Gazette net uh, by Amanda Drain and it says uh Trustees elected by the public hold legal title to the library's assets in the form of a charitable public trust created by the will of Charles Edward Forbes in 1876. It also states that any repairs and alterations to the building will be handled, quote, in a spirit of collaboration and partnership, unquote, between the city and trustees, and that the library will follow the state's open meeting, public records, procurement, and prevailing wage laws. Yeah, and the hmm. big the big deal is the city was trying to take them over and calling them a city department. In fact, the mayor wrote a memo, and this has been going on forever. Yeah, so the we m- talked about it like last year. Yeah, and the mayor wrote a memo about how they're a city department; they should follow city rules. And the court said, "No, they're not. Yeah, they're a you know separate the, entity." The courts officially ruled on this. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, no. yeah, and the trust documents all said that. I mean, yeah. that was never in question. But the city kept pushing this and pushing this and pushing this. And the reason the city so distressed about it is Forbes does all its own thing. It spends its own money that comes from the yeah. original trust and all that. But when they run out of money, for whatever reason, I don't know what the city got in return, the city has to pay. Yeah. So if they spend too much money and they need some money for uh, heat, yeah. the city has to ante up. And that's in the original trust documents. And there was some benefit given to the city for this to happen. So the city was complaining that it was a blank check, that the Forbes could just go run up Which is legit, costs. which is a <laughs> totally valid reason to complain. Because whoever heard of a trust where somebody else is on the hook for money, your money overruns. But that is that is how the trust well, was set up, and, and they accepted it. And, and the city of Northampton signed off on it back then. Signed off Probably on the it. benefit was, like, having a public library yeah. right. in 1876. I mean, 
Northampton wasn't exactly like, you know, a, a collection of mud hovels or anything like that in 1876. Well, but like the kind of funding to pay for a public library back then, like I don't think the tax base existed to support that kind well, of thing. Well, in Cummington, then. a town of 900, they have a public library that's very pretty. Yeah. And the person who gave the money for that is the Bryant, William Jennings Bryant. William Jennings Bryant, the cross of gold guy? Yeah. So The Scopes Monkey Trial guy? And, yeah. and so what he did was, because it was a summer home out there, is he gave him the oh. building, he gave him a house next door, uh-huh. and the librarian gets free room and board. So to this day, Cummington has a library that's staffed. Yeah. And that's all out of the original trust money from that was designed for this town of wow. 900. Right. So people did do Absolutely. those things. And Absolutely. I'm sure the trust was huge for this. Well, and, the, and the, the, yeah, so like this is one of the things. Like, like we're sort of used to the world as it's changed over the past 150 years because it's, it's about almost that long since uh, uh, 1876. Um, you know, like <clears throat> I was listening to a really great uh, 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 episode of Planet Money where they talked about, for example— uh, while the Federal Reserve came to be formed because, you know, they were having like these boom and bust in the U.S. economy and they needed somebody to stabilize it. And J.P. Morgan basically at one point got a bunch of prominent bankers in. And, oh, and the creature from, uh, oh, what's the name of the book? It, it's a documentary of that. They, yeah. they went off on a train somewhere. Well, this is, this is, yeah. this is what <laughs> happened after that because <laughs> J.P. Morgan basically twisted a bunch of people's arms like the, like the last big economic crisis before the foundation of the Fed and was like, okay, we're going to do these things to stabilize the U.S. economy. And like the, like, uh, after he died, they were like, okay, well, who here in the U.S. could possibly get us all together to do that again? Who here is J.P. Morgan now that J.P. Morgan is gone? Well, no one. So we need to create a public institution to do that. And we're used to, like, what the world is like when we have those. And, like, the tax base and the uh, 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 infrastructure and, and, and civic uh, expertise to do that kind of thing. But they didn't have that in 1876, I bet. So that's probably why. But yeah. now, you're right. And, and, like, and, and I remember saying a year ago yeah. at the time, the laws have changed. So, I mean, like, you know, like what made sense in 1876 might not make any legal sense now with, you know, Separation of church and state. And well, and and and, and the, the, the the radical change in attitudes about unions. Well, and the city, the money in a city cannot inure to the benefit of somebody else, like Trump. <laughs> you know, in other words, you can't use something to benefit a nonprofit. You know, it has nothing to do with city government. Somebody should put something in the Constitution about that. <laughs> oh yeah. wait, yeah. Oh wait, and and maybe not divert money from a charity to support you know fighting cancer and kids or something don't, don't go crazy here all right <laughs> let's not let's not Buying go too far great big picture of yourself with the foundation money yeah didn't Ooh. trump do that he bought a big he did yeah. a lot of things yeah anyway so, so let's get back <laughs> let's circle back to, to the forbes. forbes yeah so stefan I, it looked like i cut you off a couple of times there did you have oh no it's that? just um kind of uh, part of what's interesting is that a lot of money got spent on this the the How trustees much? spent about thirty thousand dollars the, the city lawsuit on this <laughs> lawsuit the 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 um, the uh, city spent another 16000 according to the Gazette, on this. Huh. And since the Forbes yeah. went over on their budget, the city has to pay their 30000 right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, well, and the, Sorry. I mean, the agreement they worked out basically sort of... Uh, so after the court verdict, then now they've reached a settlement? Yeah, and, okay. it, and it leaves them in much the same position as they were in before, but now um, it's more, more well codified. Yeah. So where before they had sort of this... Um, 
you know, this kind of, I mean, even the language in the original, um, in the original, uh, trust documents. Tr- uh, grant, yeah, trust in the grant from Charles Forbes. I mean, it's very, if you read it, it's, it's very, it's very loose in the spirit of, in a spirit of collaboration and partnership. What does that mean? You know, <laughs> they've had to work that out over, as you said, the last and when they years. disagree, yeah. do yeah. they have to go back to court, <laughs> or do they subject to arbitration? I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, I think I think this the the advantage of this court case is it basically just defines the roles that yeah. had sort of been pr- uh, kind of loosely pre-assigned and 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 sort of worked around in previous years, and it uh, it sounds like from the city's perspective they're no longer a blank check. Um, but the but the trustees get to keep a measure of independence, yeah. mm. and that's really what what was well, that and issue the employees they can hire who they want because that's what the city was doing is saying they couldn't hire the new library director that the city yeah. had a say in it, and they couldn't do this. And they, yeah. So anything they can do within their own budget and their own custodians, the city doesn't really have much to say about. It's when they need the money from the city to put up those new staircases, right? Which was part of the problem because they couldn't get the city to do certain things, so they'd go out and do it themselves, and then hand the city right. the so. You know, and when the it's city a bill, and they're like, well, we just told you we couldn't pay for this. So. Yeah. Well, they said yeah. they couldn't do it right away. And, yeah. you know, it'd be like a safety issue. And yeah. so the, the library would go, we can't have this. And they just do it because they get dinked around for two years over something. So. Right. And the, the Americans Excuse with Disabilities. Well, <laughs> yes, the ADA <laughs> example. Is, is a real thing that we care about. You <laughs> yeah. know? Right. Like the elevator that yeah. took them a couple years to repair recently yeah. for handicapped persons. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that they had to fundraise for that. Themselves, yeah. and yeah. can I can I just say just for a moment, like as somebody who owns like a local bookstore, oh, that is yeah. something we 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 are try to be very conscientious about is to like make sure that we have access throughout the store. Like all the aisles are three feet wide, and we don't you know we discourage people from like leaving clutter on the floor or sprawling out or whatever. Um, you know, because a you know fire codes, we want want things to be safer so people can get out and hurry. Because Massachusetts still remembers the Coconut Grove fire from 1947, mm. where the door the doors open the wrong way. Two rather, yeah, yeah. The doors open the wrong way, and they chain them shut and everything. Yeah. But also because of the Americans with Disabilities Act, you know, like we want people to be able to come into our store and browse, and if they're in a wheelchair, we'd still like them to come in and feel welcome. Yeah. You know, so maybe we actually make it possible for them to get in. So yeah, Ford's library has to do that. You know, yeah. that's just And the just trust absolutely. And the trustees are the owner of the assets and they are responsible. So that really clarified yeah. that that the city doesn't have oversight of the building or the employees or anything like that. Well, but so. it also makes it very clear that like, you know, the when corporation they, is on the hook for things and if the trustees mismanage things then they're on the hook. Yeah. Mm. You know. But as a nonprofit, their liability is only a hundred thousand in this state. So what really? Yeah, you mean uh, you mean public, individually? Public gut. Well, no, not even individually. Probably the the organization would have to defend them, just like they're paying for this lawsuit. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, the thing is, if I, you know, like if there's gross personal mismanagement, you know, like you can lose the the, if the veil of corporate protection if you screw things up. Corporate, but there's a public interest law in this state about. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, it's non nonprofits. I think it's 100. Oh, but nonprofits are still corporations. Not necessarily. Well, but I mean they're 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 collective bodies. They I think they're governed by that law, aren't they? Yeah, there's a different that's why in the in this state it's very interesting because it's it's a it is a limited liability. Oh, I may need to find out more about this. Yeah, quick become a norm nonprofit. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not that, but I mean like I am like one of the board of directors of Valley Free Radio. So and one of the things I take very seriously is like not is trying to do things right, not screw stuff up, because I don't want to be like. When I was on the board, know, on the I 
insisted that we got directors and something's insurance just for that very reason. Yes, I remember <laughs> this. Yeah, and so hopefully you guys still have it. Uh, we do, yes. <laughs> I'm not on the board anymore, so I don't care, but I yeah. care about you guys, so. <laughs> well, the, as, well uh, incorporating as a nonprofit can be quite uh, lucrative for some organizations, such as the NCAA, Na- National College Athletic Association. But they're not a 501c3. But they're a foundation, so they can do... It's, it's a little, it's a little yeah, different. Yeah, they get classified a little differently. Yeah. And, and boy, are they making the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas in a 501c3, you can't... You, the, the people that work there can't make the money. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. It's, it's a different... Yeah, there, there are limits on how much money they can be paid yeah. to do their jobs, and they can't... Like, and the board of directors can't have any bonuses. financial interest at all in anything that's related to the nonprofit. Right. Not that they don't, but that's that's the law. I mean, I'm not sure that's 100% true. But I'm not sure. I, I think don't be saying this on the air, Mike. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking back to, like, I used to work for another nonprofit called the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. It's a free speech organization. You know, I bet it's a foundation. Uh, no, it, well, it's a 501c3. Not C4? C3. Because it doesn't do, it doesn't lobby Congress. It, like, it just promotes the agenda of our First Amendment rights. And, you know, some of the people involved were like the guy who founded it was a publisher and cartoonist named Dennis Kitchen, major figure in, in American underground cartooning and, you know, really, really cool guy. Uh, and uh, someone who really wanted to put his money where his mouth was about, like, the importance of free speech in, in America and, and, and comic books. Um, and, you know, he ran Kitchen Sink Press as well as being, like, the president and the you know, founder of the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. You know, so I don't think it was Non-profits like... Nonprofits don't exactly have founders because they have a, a, a disconnected board well, of directors. Well, but I mean, he was the person who who, who... who pushed to have it happen, yeah. Yeah, he put, yeah. He, he, uh, he's the one who filed the paperwork and put the money in, and, uh, yeah. like, and he was on the board of directors for a while. You know, I don't think it was like a, a conflict of interest for him to be like on the board of directors of a nonprofit free speech organization while at the same time making a living trying to publish art. You know? I, I think somebody could have made an argument about it. But really? The, yeah, it's pretty strict, which is because it's non-taxable. And, you know, 501c3 is very strict. The other ones, you know, the PACs and the foundations. The dark money, yeah. W- well, you know, and all those other things. There's like a million other ones that are municipalities aren't 501c3s. They're municipalities. No, no, but they, that's true. Yeah. That's that's one of the reasons yeah. why uh, municipal bonds are tax-free munis, as my dad used to say. They're trying to take he that away. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. What do you guys... Um... By the way, Wells Fargo withheld a gazillion million dollars this week from their bondholders, and it's created a little stir in the bond market. Why did Wells Fargo... Some... You mean they, did, they didn't pay out to people who were cashing in their bonds? Oh, yeah, okay. there's because it's... Um, they're holding back funds because there's like some question about whether there's some legal liability having to do with the crash and all that stuff. Yeah, it just was a little... You mean just because they were incredibly corrupt and dishonest? <laughs> all that? <laughs> That's absurd. Why? And open uh, millions of fake accounts. Talk about fake news. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Anyway, but so they did, and it just created a little ripple in the bond market today. So yeah, that's oh, financial okay. news. Sorry. Wow, digression. That's, huh? that's fascinating. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. So, and yet here it is on the list of things you said. Hey, maybe we should talk about this. So, <laughs> well, I did it really late because I have a sick dog, so yeah, well, I didn't do my usual adventure. Just, just my usual bang up job of like actually reading things that are put oh, in front of me. I might as well be. You probably didn't have it in advance. So, well, see, here's the thing: is if you put my name throughout it, I probably read it all. Oh, are much you like, our like that? He's not that. kidding. <laughs> Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> And for all you dogs, I'm like those seagulls in Finding Nemo. Mike, Mike, (laughs) Mike. (laughs) For all you dog lovers at home who are trying to figure out if my dog's okay, they think he's allergic to the 
only antibiotic that works for his MRSA. So it's a really simple antibiotic, clindamycin, which you use for acne. You know, it's like a nothing, and he's starting to react to it, they think. Oh, no. That's what I said. So... Anyway, well, modern medicine. Which means they get a, they got to probably get an antihistamines to deal with the antibiotic and. Uh, or they they may try and find one really nasty antibiotic that nobody wants to use on their animal that mm. still works on this particular staff. Well, fingers crossed for your puppy. Yeah. So, but I think he'll be fine. But I'm Good. glad it was that and not something worse. So. Good. But that's pretty bad. I mean, that's the that's yeah. the new world, right? Drug bugs that aren't treated by drugs. Mm. Yeah. So. Can I? That uh, rhymes. Nice. <laughs> Just as you know, we only have a few minutes left, but I'd sure, like yeah. to touch on the ongoing uh, wrangling over how to implement the Massachusetts marijuana legalization. Oh, that is all certainly. Yeah. We have competing. Bills. I haven't caught the latest on that, but I know there's been like the, like each branch of the legislature has different ideas about this, and and it's I, a number of people I I know who are serious uh, you know advocates pushing for that ballot measure that we passed overwhelmingly last November are very upset binding ballot measure binding ballot measure <laughs> yes. are very upset with the way that the that that our legislature might be rewriting all that so Stefan you uh you're I'm young, you're hip, and <laughs> probably up on marijuana right now. So tell us all about it. Yeah, that 28% no. tax wait, 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 or wait, wait, whatever wait. it was. Dude, <laughs> give us the, the, the skinny on the 420, man. All right, bro, here it goes. Um, so I'm we have competing so bills in the, US, in the Massachusetts Senate and Massachusetts House. Mm-hmm. Um, the Massachusetts House had proffered a bill that actually, um, in the um, – in the initial language of the 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 referendum, um, it approved a, a taxable rate of twelve percent, and that got broken down between different from municipality to state to others. But it was twelve percent. Everybody inclusive. got a cut. Yeah, everyone gets. And, cut. and this is like a sales tax. This is yeah, it's thing? essentially sales tax, and and I think the idea was that a um, a lot of that money would get rooted back towards um, substance um, substance addiction and abuse health. Yeah. No, I just my my. We're, yeah. we're good on time. No, my my okay. question was just like like would it be collected as a sales tax? You know, like like as a guy who has owned right. a bookstore, you know, like like we sell stuff, we collect the sales tax for the state. So like that gets added on to the the price of whatever you buy from like me. the liquor sales tax, right? And yeah. and then then we are supposed to remit that back to the state. But I mean that's how it's collected. Would the would the marijuana tax we're talking about here collected in the same way? I believe or? so. Okay. On it collected at point of sale. All right, thank you. That's is, just what I wanted is, to know. That Please is, continue. And the city of Northampton collects a little bit of sales tax on food here in the city. It's a local tax. Oh yeah, like right. extra one percent. Yeah, yeah, an extra one percent. And the restaurant collects it and gives it to the city. Yeah, yeah. So which is same thing. Which is totally fine. Yeah, right, and and I think I think there's probably some um, some wiggle room for for municipalities that want a surcharge, although you know that that might be up for debate. But the issue is that the house, uh, which the the twelve percent in the house, you said, yeah. Well, it's the house no, the bumped referendum. it up over by over a hundred, you know, two hundred percent. It was twenty eight percent. Oh, the house wants suddenly. to put it up to twenty eight percent. Yeah, and the and Senate wants to keep it at twelve. So the, the Senate black, wants I had it the other way around in my head. So sorry about yeah, that. Yeah. So the black market would um, would like that very much. Well, yeah, and this is the big <laughs> argument that oh, Miss um, Republican, you think so? Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, <laughs> money talks. That's yeah, true. It does. Can't sing and dance, and it can't walk. But right, right. <laughs> but th- this is, I think, pro legalization advocates are saying the whole point of keeping a moderate tax rate is to expunge the black market and if you put too many you know uh too many barriers to to purchase or if you tax it too high 
that's going to fuel the black market, which, of course, doesn't have to worry about anything like regulatory statutes or or, ta- or collecting taxes. So, um, or, you know, standards about purity and, and cleanliness and safety. Right. But this is, I, th- I think part of the issue is that the context is that um, the the date at which point-of-sale transactions will be allowed has already been pushed back by over half a year. It was supposed to start at the beginning of 2018. It's now somewhere, I think, at like the end of July. Mm-hmm. So there's I, there's a good bit of ire that I've heard, from not, not only from people who you know care a lot about cannabis, but from people who are w- watching their votes go to a referendum that gets passed and then that ends up getting stonewalled by the legislature and coming out, you know, it, it goes through the sausage factory of of state politics and comes out looking like something very different. And it's particularly since we're talking about a substance that still has a stigma associated with it and is still viewed with suspicion by a lot of folks, I think, in this state as being, as being a gateway drug, and I take an issue to that. I don't believe that's true in large part, but it's Neither seen, do I. I think it could solve the opiate problem for, yes, for people I with think co- so. a lot of pain. And this is I, the other I, argument. We have a record-breaking yeah. opiate issue in this state and in New Hampshire and in yeah. Vermont as well. It's, it's a problem all across the country. It's, and it I, came I, from prescription yeah. drugs. It right. didn't come from yeah. marijuana. It comes from prescription right. Right. drug and, and, and I just want to mention, problems. I have two friends who are, you know, who are uh, served in the military uh, and both were injured, had su- suffered back injuries while serving our country. And, you know, opioids and whatnot don't really deal with it. But, you know, they, they smoke marijuana. I don't know how legally it is wherever they are, you know, in their states because I don't— Which we won't mention. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> they're not in Massachusetts. That's all I know. But, I mean, you know, mm. but whatever. I mean, you know, it's not like pot's hard to get. Um, so they're smoking pot, and that helps. That's yeah. that's what helps oh, manage their, their pain and their symptoms. And I'm like— why would we not want to do this? I mean, especially given how our country is supposed to care about our veterans. And, I mean, I think we kind of overdo that at times. But, I mean, certainly people who have, you know, damaged their bodies permanently. Uh, on our in, behalf. On our behalf, in service to our country. Even if we don't necessarily always agree with, like, the ways we use our military, those people are nevertheless, you know, so. Right. So I hope they get with it and get something done here i mean well, this is... i will say stan rosenberg um <laughs> dude <laughs> what a great timing on that right as i talk about our senate president stan rosenberg who of course represents the senate district that takes up amherst and uh large parts of the pioneer valley has been running point on the senate bill and i think he's been actually doing a great job and i want to give him some credit for that because he also came out for legalization back when he was one of the only major state officials to do so and i think he's and they he's made him the president of the senate i know yeah. <laughs> I, I, I used to vote for Rosenberg when I lived in Amherst. Yeah. Oh, I, I, he, man impressed me. Yeah. I met him once talking at a local restaurant. Well, just so, yeah. a quick digression. I know we only have seconds, but yeah. the public funding of political parties happened in this state, and there were a couple of people that ran getting public funding. It was a uh, law briefly, uh-huh. and I can't remember the fellow's name, but there were two brothers, and one of them ran, and he waited for public funding, and they wouldn't release the money, the legislature in Massachusetts. Wow. He played by all the rules. They wouldn't release the money, and you probably don't remember, but Jane Swift took all the SUVs that belonged to, I think, the legislators, <laughs> and she sold them, and she took oh. the money, and she gave it to the <laughs> state rep. I forget his name. And that was, and then they voted out the public funding law. But it was on the books. It was a referendum, and they totally undid it. They totally undid it. So this, yeah, this is a long-standing issue. Yeah, 
You, you mean you mean even when it's a democratic machine, machine politics is sometimes corrupt and bad? Jane Swift of North Adams, <laughs> a acting governor, sold the SUVs and what? used the money for the public finance law. Put women in charge, I guess. That's, that's the real takeaway tonight here. And on, then she was gone. Right. Exactly. Uh, that's the real takeaway tonight here on Civil Politics. Put the women in charge. So uh, that's all. Oh, go ahead, John. Sorry. Just wanted to mention to everybody, we have uh, switched our podcast host. So if you're listening live and you haven't seen our show in your podcast feed, just unsubscribe and then resubscribe uh, and you should see it. Um, also, if you are looking for any of the stuff that we post during the show, uh, search for hashtag civil references and you'll be able to find everything, all the all the references and all the links that we post during the show. Thanks, Jonah. You do a really great job running this. You do an oh, amazing job. Yeah. Thanks, BB. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad somebody's on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we do need to go. Um, so that's going to wrap up tonight, uh, Civil Politics, here on Valley Free Radio. Subculture's coming up with a great mix of pop, dance, and electro, and all kinds of cool, funky music. Um, hosted by DJ Wendy. So that's definitely worth listening to. Um, and we'll be back to talk about uh, more stuff uh, next week. Uh, so tune in uh, then. But until then, have a good night. Thank you for listening. Good night. Brother, if you had seen the things I'd seen, <laughs> your head would explode. <laughs>